While we remain standing, I'd like to offer the scripture lesson for the sermon today. I'll be reading from Luke chapter 1. I'll be reading verses 26 through 38. Receive this now, the living and active word of the Lord. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom shall have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Thus far the reading of God's word, and all of God's people said, Heavenly Father, we ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts to be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our God, our rock, and our redeemer, and we pray this as your people, and amen. amen. You may be seated. Have you ever had a sense that you were worthless, poor, rejected? Have you ever sensed that you were broken? That the very best you can do is garbage or trash? Have you ever sensed being hopeless? Have you ever considered that you are nothing? If so, welcome to the gospel. The Lord God and the Bible starts with everything from nothing, creation out of nothing. The raw material of creation was Nothing. God works with nothing. He did then and he does still. Welcome to the gospel. The Lord God did this at creation and he does this in recreation and in renewal as he works with those who have nothing who are nothing and have nothing to offer. Humility and wonder join together 
at the announcement of this marvel, the creator enters flesh. The creator arrives within creation. It is no wonder that Larry Parsley in his devotions in Luke says, he refers to that we may need a strong dose of Mary's wonder at God's creative artistry brushed upon the humblest of canvases. Our God chose to work with one who could offer nothing. The Lord chose to employ Mary. The Lord chose to work with the humble, the despised, the non-glorious. And this still happens. God acts upon us, not because we are so wonderful and worthy, but because he is so wonderful and worthy. The gospel shows a turning over, an upside-downedness, a turning upside-down, or as Count Olaf might have said, flip it over. So let me refer to Mary and Martin Luther and the hillbilly Thomists. Mary, she sang about this. He has filled the hungry with good things, and he has sent away the rich empty-handed. Flip it over. Martin Luther, God is the kind of Lord who does nothing but exalt those who are of low degree and put down the mighty from their thrones. In short, break what is whole and make whole what is broken. Oh, he continues. Out of that which is nothing, worthless, despised, wretched, and dead, he makes that which is something precious, honorable, blessed, and living. The hillbilly Thomists, in their great song, Holy Ghost Power, have a recurring line. They get this as well, this upside-downedness of the kingdom. He makes a rich man poor. He makes a weak man strong. The Lord does the action from the beginning to the end, and it is not because we have inserted ourselves. It's not because the Lord needs our help. Mary is one with nothing to offer, and she is acted upon entirely. Mary, who is to bring forth this child, offers an empty womb. Nothing. The wonder of this everything and nothing artistry is even heard from Mary's first words. How can this be? The person who is grasped by grace asks different questions. We ask questions like, how? Me? Why me? 
What wondrous love is this? I sometimes wonder if you share a tendency. I wonder if we tend to keep inserting ourselves into the mix and the plan of our acceptance. We will say with the loudest voice, I did not choose God, but he chose me. But do we have a lurking suspicion that he may very well change his mind and let us go? That my acceptance somehow depends now upon my performance and what I have to offer? Is there a lingering do-it-yourself channel lurking among us? If so, there's a dog in our kennel, and that dog is a glory hound. We need to keep in mind that it's a cradle, not a rowboat. It's a cross, not a ladder. Our Lord punctures this idea of our insertion from beginning to end all the way through. We know the story, not well enough, but let's rejoice in it. Our Lord makes his announcement to shepherds who are working on the night shift, all alone, tending to the sheep. Our Lord does not make this announcement in a huge stadium because he's not after what theologian Chad Bird calls Saint Big Box. Our Lord displays his glory, not just in the fields, but in Bethlehem. The out country, the sticks, the backwater, not in the centers of governmental power. Our Lord chooses not a princess, but a humble maiden, a virgin, an unwed, pre-wed girl who was betrothed to a humble man. They were both poor. Our Lord makes his advent in weakness as a baby, swaddled, wrapped with what was available, not in robes. It is no wonder that the wonder of Christmas coursed through the veins of that man-child G.K. Chesterton. Chesterton once wrote, the exciting quality of Christmas rests on an ancient and admitted paradox. It rests upon the paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in some seemingly small matter. That the stars in their courses may move like a moving wheel around the neglected outhouse of an inn. Everything from nothing. The Lord God worked with the nothing at the beginning, and the Lord God works with those who have nothing to offer now. Welcome to the gospel. 
And in our passage today, other than Mary's first words, we encounter two other words. I'd like to call them the two words of the gospel in Luke. The word, those words, for you. Some translations, for unto you, un, for you. Right there in verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Those shepherds that were out in the field, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born shepherds for you, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. What goes on? This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. For you. Luke's gospel is filled with this. You'll remember Jesus' encounter with the demon-infested man on the other side of Galilee. Jesus went over the other side to the Gentile side where they could be pig herders. They could have swine, hogs, over to the Gentile side. Jesus gets out of the boat, and right then, this crazed, demon-possessed guy comes up to Jesus. What will you have to do with us? This demon-possessed fella lives among the tombs, so he lives among the dead. Luke says he's been naked for a long time. Who wants to talk to the naked guy? Makes me wonder how the chosen is going to represent this. Are they going to blur that out? <laughs> Screaming, naked, demon-infested, and by the way, he had been chained and the chains couldn't help hold him. He's broken the chains and so he's out screaming around. I don't know what he sounded like. The demons are afraid. What is it? A, a gob of demons. My name is Legion for we are many. Me, my, I, we. Crazy. The demons are concerned that Jesus is going to send them into the pit, into the abyss. So they ask for something. Send us into the herd of pigs over there, the, the, the swine. Send us into the pigs. Jesus grants that permission. They go into the pigs, and the pigs go oinking their way down the hill into the sea, and they die. Please note, this is the very first historical reference of deviled ham anywhere in the world. <laughs> uh, the one-time demon-infested man is then clothed, seated at Jesus' feet, and in his right mind. The townspeople come and they're more afraid. You weren't afraid of this guy before? 
Now they're more afraid. Jesus, you need to leave. Well, the one time demon-infested man asks Jesus to go with him, and Jesus says, no, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to your people and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. I doubt the demon-possessed man went back and said, you know what, I was once naked and I was tired of being cold. Those chains were cold. And you know, all of a sudden, I did this. No, let my testimony is what the Lord did for me. I will speak of him, not me. Oh, Luke continues. Later on in Luke's gospel, you'll encounter a man, he's not listed, his name is not in Luke. It's Bartimaeus, son of honor, son of Timaeus. Bartimaeus is blind, and he's being blind. He's sitting there, and he hears the shuffle of feet going by. It turns out to be Jesus and his crew cruising by. He cries out, finds out, who's this? It's Jesus. He cries out to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And his disciples, shh, 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 stop. Stop, stop bothering the master. Jesus here, what's going on? Well, he's calling for you. Well, bring him to me. So they scamper back. The master wants to speak to you. So they lead him evidently to Jesus. And Jesus asks this question. And it is a gospel question. What would you like me to do for you? For you. We're all going, guy wants to see. Jesus is so merciful. What can I do for you? I'd like to recover my sight. Be it done for you. He can see. Now, at no point can we imagine Bartimaeus, who is no longer blind, going, let me tell you what I did. All of a sudden, I accomplished my eyesight. You're getting the idea of the two words of the gospel, for you. Oh, there's more. On the night of Jesus' betrayal... He sits with his disciples. He had taken bread. He had given thanks. He broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this as my memorial. In the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. For you, throughout the gospel. For you. Where are you? Acted upon. Where are you? Nothing, but the Lord acts. Oh, it's not finished yet. They participated in the bread and the wine, and as with what commonly happens among us, happened among them. A dispute arose among the disciples. Who's the greatest? Who among us for whom the Lord has done so much is the greatest among us? Dispute, 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 dispute. It is then that Jesus warns Simon, Simon, that the ancient foe has sought permission to make his own devilish loaf of bread. You just had bread? Simon, Simon, Satan has, has requested permission to sift you 
like wheat to make his own devilish loaf of bread. Starting with this dispute of who's the greatest. What have you contributed? What have you done? How have you inserted yourself? Jesus then says, but I have prayed for you so that your faith may not fail. And you, once you have turned again, will strengthen your brothers. Let's conclude. As we look at Mary, as we encounter this announcement, we are pointed to the Creator, to the creation. We are pointed to the new creation, and we see the wonderful ways and the works of God. We see everything and nothing. Our Lord chooses and draws near to those with nothing to offer. He embraces, employs, and enlists them in his works so that he gets the glory and not us. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many noble, not many mighty. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things that are strong. And the base things of the world he has chosen and the despised God has chosen even the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are. He chooses the nothing to turn that into nothing. Why? So that not one of you may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, just as it is written, start boasting, but let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.